This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello and welcome into Feeling Blue, brought to you by the Block M Podcast Network here with you on Wednesday night, September 27th, as we head into Thursday, September 28th, week five of the college football season on the horizon. We are into Big Ten play, actually have a game under our belts, which we are going to discuss here tonight. Nice uh, opener for Michigan in Big Ten play. Um, and, and excited to recap that and look ahead on a Michigan's first road trip of the year as they head to Lincoln. Luke Yardy here along with Tyler Seeley, and we're excited to bring you a good show here this week. Tyler, what's going on? How you doing here? Not much, man. Just uh, kind of in shock that it's week five already. Like, you know, where where is the season gone? But, um, you know, we're, st- we're still only in week five, so I guess that's that's kind of the glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing. Um, you know, uh Looking forward to the game coming up here against Nebraska, but uh, you know, looking looking forward to see what the first uh, road test is like uh, going to Lincoln. Yeah, man, it, it's going to be a real uh, interesting game uh, because you know Nebraska, a little bit different team after making the quarterback change, which we will uh, we'll get into here. But uh, first and foremost, man, you know Michigan, they took out a Rutgers team that came in three and zero on the year, having beat their opponents rather handily over their first three games. Uh, and well, it, it looked on after that opening possession like they were going to give Michigan a game. Yeah, I was worried. I'm not even going to lie to you. I was at a friend's house and he had like four TVs set up, but he's like, "I'll put the Michigan game on the big TV for you." Um, and yeah, the, I mean. Honestly, we were we were still trying to get everything synced up, so I didn't see the play. Obviously, I've gone back and seen it. But, yeah, they scored, you know, very early. They punched us in the mouth, and, and that's all they got the whole game, which was which was incredible. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, when they went out there and they went three and out, after they went down 7 nothing, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And then they started to get things going. JJ kind of got into a rhythm and, and, you know, the rest is history. But uh, I thought overall it was a pretty well-played game other than the first, what, first five minutes of the game maybe. And honestly, we know what to attribute it to, right? Uh, I mean, the the coverage was uh, a little bit lax, but ultimately Rod Moore in his first game back, he took a bad angle and uh, the the kid went to the house. Now, we're not – concerned long term about Rod Moore that is for sure there was just a a little rust he hadn't played the first three weeks you know with with the injury wasn't practicing and finally got in there and you got to get some game reps uh at the end of the day uh and and unfortunately that one ended up going to the house because of the defense that was being played but obviously Michigan was able to crack down uh through throughout the rest of this this game and 
man, that defense, it it's scary, man. It really is. It, <laughs> I mean, that play, let, let's see here. I, I got to double check and see exactly uh, what that went that play for. That went for, for 69 yards uh, on that one play. Rutgers ended up with 257 uh, on the entire day, you know, with, with multiple possessions after that. So less than 200 yards on every other possession combined uh, after that, man. what that, that defense is crazy scary good. I agree with you. And, and you know, um, they were very disciplined in that game in terms of of read option early on it was it was a little scarce like Wimsat got got free a couple of times um he rushed for 180 yards in the game or no yeah. he passed for 180 yards but but he was he was uh he he had 28 yards on the ground which was more than Kyle Manungai who was the leading rusher in the Big 10 um coming into that game obviously and two of those two of those rushes were accounted for uh most of those 28 yards on back-to-back plays in in the first half yeah his long was 15 yards and then Manungai he he, his long was 10 and I think his average was like two and a half yards or something like that so yeah they completely shut him down Oh, 100%, man. And that was, I think, the game plan, right? They were going to make Wimsat into a thrower. But ultimately, running on Michigan is not going to be easy uh, with the interior of this defensive line. Be between uh, and, and they didn't even have Mason Graham. That's the thing, right? I mean, you you have to deal with Chris Jenkins and Cam Goody and, and um, Kenneth Grant and... I mean, you throw Mason Graham in there, and the interior of this defensive line is absolutely unbelievable. Great to see Will Johnson back as well, right? That that he got to to play pretty much a full game here, you know that that we haven't seen throughout the first three weeks. But it uh, getting Rod Moore back, this defense is only going to get healthier. Hopefully, Mason Graham is back soon. It sounds like a couple of weeks, and then he's going to be coming back with a cast on, which is unfortunate because you you take a look at Mason Graham, right, and what's his big thing. He's a four-time state champion wrestler. He is amazing with his hands and being able to throw guys to the side and and plug holes. Um, but ultimately, if there's one area where you might be able to afford to lose a guy for a couple of weeks of that stature, it's going to be on the interior of that front four. Oh yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, it, it, what what kind of sticks out to me a little bit too, and this just gives you an idea of how good the defense was, like. They were so dominant, and they didn't have any sacks in the game, or n- no accounted for sacks. They had three tackles for a loss, so but no sacks. Yet they still dominated. They still dominated the interior of the line. The edge was, yeah. We're we're still working there. I think. Yeah. Dylan Harrell, Braden McGregor, Derek Moore, Josiah Stewart. They're still trying to figure out who's going to be the guy um, on on both sides of of the edge position, but. I don't know, man. I mean, the interior is going to be very difficult to run on. And if you want to run outside, I mean, you got to deal with guys like Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, and then obviously you got defensive backs like uh, Will Johnson and Makari Page, Mike Sanders still, who plays the nickel, Um, you know, Quinton Johnson, who's come on here a a bit. The linebackers obviously are good at stopping the run. This team is going to be very difficult to run on. It's going to be a very difficult team to score on, I think, all year long. And that's – you start to see kind of what their identity is becoming, right? Like, we've been worried, oh, my goodness, you know, why aren't they blowing teams out? Why aren't they covering spreads? And 
you kind of just watch them and and you're getting the vibe. It's not a sleepwalking. It's almost like a, it's almost like a boa constrictor, right? Just slowly kind of squeezing the life out of you because you are only going to get so many possessions on uh, against this team. And that is, I mean, they got it. Let's see. Rutgers had five possessions in the first half and three possessions in the second half. They had eight total possessions. That is eight chances for you to be able to score on an elite, elite defense. Number one in SP plus eight chances. That's all Rutgers got in this game. And Michigan with these new clock rules are going to bleed you dry. They're going to, they're going to put up some touchdowns and they're going to force you in your limited chances to keep up with them. Because if you don't, they're going to turn you one dimensional they're going to let everyone loose there and they've got the the secondary to be able to do that and, and hopefully once the edge guys step up you're screwed you know um so yeah. that's it, it they're just they're just slowly going to be able to squeeze the life out of their opponents and that is becoming the identity i, I was originally a little bit worried why aren't we winning 55 to 10 but it, it almost seems to be a, a kind of the mentality and, and kind of being done on purpose, you know, a, a purposeful, just squeezing the life out of you. Yeah. You know, you talk about like the 2021 team and Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo were kind of like the identity of that defense. And then last year it was kind of more of like a team effort, but then Mike Morris and guys like that were, were coming up real big there. Um, and, and, this defense is, like you said, it's like a boa constrictor, and everybody on the defense is, can make tackles. Obviously, the edge position could be the, the one that I have questions about, but I still think that when you have guys like Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, Derek Moore, um, you you have guys that still have potential at that position. I think you, you talk about them blowing teams out. The offense is doing, I think, their job for the most part. Obviously, we talked about the offensive line, and I think it's been better as of late. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but I think if they start to get some more turnovers and like pick sixes and stuff like that, I think that's where you really start to see some blowouts in games like Nebraska or Minnesota, where Minnesota, we, 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 we're not going to talk about this today, but Minnesota just lost to Northwestern. So if you thought that was going to be a test, maybe not so I don't know I mean the the defense as a whole has been very good um the edge position is what worries me but I I, I wouldn't even say worries I think it's like a lukewarm kind of like yeah it's not great but I I don't think it's bad if you look at like the PFF grades like Derek Moore is an 80 but that's mm-hmm. pretty good you know Josiah Stewart has a 74 Braden McGregor a 76 Jalen Harrell a 74 they're all over 70 so that's pretty damn good um, but they're just not getting the sacks, and that's that's kind of what we need to see from that that, that position, I think. Yeah, and and you see why once you kind of go back and rewatch these games a little bit. Uh, Michigan, you know, they're they're playing a lot of soft zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you saw it quite a bit because they they know that it's really hard to run on them, and if they if they can even get you to third and two, third and three, they're feeling confident about where they're at, but they're limited the deep shot. That's that's ultimately what they're doing. They're going to give you those curls on the outside. You know, they're playing kind of soft in the flat, but the safety is backing up and playing deep. You know, and and Wimsat was able to get it out quite a bit quick uh, and, and take those seven yard completions. And that's what Michigan's going to force you to do. Then they're going to clamp down on coverage, but that's why you're really not seeing a whole lot of sacks in my estimation. 
conversation right now is because Michigan's qu- giving up the quick game on, on first and second down. And, you know, teams are, uh, you know, likely to, to not really spread it out probably on third and three and you're playing a little bit differently and, and not necessarily pinning your ears back, but the, the defensive line is going to try and win on those possessions and teams try to run there and it's just not going to work. Yeah. And the other thing that I've noticed, and maybe you notice a little bit different, but from what I've seen in, in rewatching games and wa- obviously watching the games live, I don't see a whole lot of exotic blitzes. I don't see a whole lot no. of like, you know, bringing the corner or bringing the safety down or anything like that. I haven't. They're gonna try and get you with that. four and occasionally bring five. You know, but if they need to do it, they can do it. They have the guys that, that mm-hmm. are, have enough speed to get to get home. Um, you know, obviously, you blitz a corner, you blitz a safety, you run the risk of of getting beat deep, and I don't think Jim Harbaugh is okay with that. You know, they've they've made a good effort and they've they've had they've had a lot of success of it of of playing that shell defense we're not going to get beat deep we're not going to let anybody beat us deep not ohio state not penn state not wisconsin not any of these teams that like to throw the football vertically we're not going to let you we're going to let you get any like you said earlier everything underneath you know you can maybe able to run on us a little bit but you're not you're not hitting that deep ball downfield and you know what it's worked and then on the other side of it, I really liked because, I mean, you, you go back to that first quarter, not only did Rutgers score on the first possession a minute into the ball game, but they forced Michigan to, to punt the football. And J.J. missed a couple of throws, man. But I really liked what they did. The defense stepped up, got the ball back, and I really liked that they they decided not to to pound the rock or, or run their you know kind of normal offense. They started – they just got creative with it, right? They had the quick pass to Samaj Morgan for for a little, just a wide receiver screen, just to give McCarthy the the completion. Then they opened up with the the double reverse flea flicker to Colson Loveland down the sideline, right? And and that's ultimately what I think JJ needed because coming off the Bowling Green game, obviously he did not play very good. He was inaccurate on that first possession uh, against Rutgers, but they they opened it up and gave them some easy throws and maybe made it a little fun, let the offense get to a rhythm, and from there it was over. Yeah, no doubt. And and honestly, that was that was kind of like a, you know, in, in a lot of cases previously, I think that they would have still like been like, you know what, we're going to dig our head in the sand, and we're going to run that football until we can't run that football again. And even if it doesn't work, we're still, we're still doing it. And I think that was – Jim Harbaugh maybe adjusting a little bit like hey you know what maybe we're not going to be able to run on this team we're going to do some we're going to get it out quick to Samaj Morgan we're going to do that double flea that flea flicker reverse and and it worked I mean you know Colson Loveland makes the catch and what what was it 20 something yards there uh what was it was 35 I think wasn't it the uh the the catch and run on the play yeah uh, let me see here. He had a high it was or long of thirty-five yards. Yeah, it was thirty-five. And the play before that was thirty-three yards to Donovan Edwards. That was another great play design, right? Put no Donovan doubt. Edwards in motion. He comes to the to to the near side of the field, and no one goes with him. They knew they had an easy completion down the sideline. It was just those like three throws that uh, allowed, I think, JJ to to kind of play more relaxed to get in in, in a little bit more of a rhythm. Yeah, he also had a run to JJ. I, yeah. I think it was 
for 20 some yards. I was surprised really to see them pull that out against Rutgers in game four of the year. Like you think back the last couple of years and how hesitant they were until they absolutely needed him to run the football. He's ran it. He's pulled it. And they've had some desired runs in these first four weeks. And I'm surprised because your backup quarterback situation is a real big question mark right now. I mean, Sharon Moore came out today, talked a little bit about sounds like Jack Tuttle, uh, probably going to be the guy Alex Orgy is hurt right now, and no one's fully really stepped up and grasped that. So for them to be confident enough in him uh, to to be able to to run the football as much as he had, and it's been great to see he's ran out of bounds on most of them, right? Like he, he I think it was in the second half. Off. Yeah, but I think it was in the second half, maybe the first half. I can't really remember exactly what it was. He got the first down, and he took a 90-degree angle to the sidelines from a little ways out, so he just didn't take a hit. And that must be the the caveat from the, the coaching staff. Look, man, we'll be okay with you pulling it if you get out of bounds if you have the chance. Look, man, I know you're a ho- you're a former hockey player, but yeah. <laughs> contact yeah. in this case is not good considering yeah. our backup quarterback <laughs> situation. So, uh, yeah, you know what? J.J. is starting to impress me more and more. I mean, he was 15 of 21 for 214 yards. Nothing like crazy spectacular, but no interceptions. He kept yep. it clean. Yeah, he threw a touchdown. I had a long of 10. No, he, yeah. So I, I liked – his game, I, I I think he continues to get better. I know that that game against Bowling Green was tough, but he rebounded. Like, yep. I, I predicted he would. I, I knew he would rebound because that's the kind of quarterback he is. And if he got in any situation, any tough situation, you know, Jim Harbaugh is there to calm him down on the sidelines, kind of as I alluded mm-hmm. to the last podcast. And that, that was good, I think, for him. Yeah, no question about it, man. It was great to see Blake Corum out there running uh and being able to have some success right uh 4.6 a carry a couple of touchdowns just shy of of 100 yards and he he's starting to look just little by little more like himself willing to plant those legs make those those one cuts um and and ultimately be effective donovan edwards i think he's forced it a little bit to be to be quite honest with you um it, there, there was one where if he bounces it inside, it's going to go for five, six yards. He tries to bounce it outside. It goes for one as he gets, you know, tackled by the ankles. I think the the problem with Donovan Edwards right now in his head is he's trying to hit the home run every single play, man. Just go get the five or six yards between the tackles and and, and stay, you know, in front of the chains at the end of the day. That's that's going to be what's going to break off the, the big one for you eventually. He's just every time he touches it. And I understand it, and I love that the kid thinks that that way, right? He wants to be Barry Sanders. That's kind of Barry Sanders was no gain, no gain, no gain until he breaks one off on you for, you know, for 80 yards and a score. But guess what, man? Sometimes you you just got to take the hard, tough yards, and that's going to open things up for the offense. Yeah, no doubt. And and honestly, I think I think that Blake Corum and, and as a whole, the offensive line I thought was really good, you know, getting – getting uh, Khalil Mullings in there to salt the game away. You know, I mean, yep. they were getting pushed and Rutgers knew they had to run the football and they, they were still doing it. And that, that was what was That's the beat Georgia drill right there, baby. Exactly. And so, you know, as weird as it looked against, you know, Bowling Green and UNLV and uh, who was the first team? Help me out with the first team for, for played, what that we played this season. Oh, it was uh oh my god, why am I blanking on it? East Carolina, my goodness. East Carolina. Yeah. What so in, in those situations against East Carolina, UNLV and um Bowling Green, 
they weren't really running the football in the situations when they had to run the football and and the other team knew they were doing it. So I'm, I was glad to see against Big Ten competition that they were able to move the line of scrimmage. They were able to get push on the offensive line and they were able to get Blake Corum going. They were able to get uh, Khalil Mullings going. Donovan Edwards worries me a little bit, bringing it back to that conversation a little bit, because it, it almost seems like he doesn't want contact. He's kind of playing not to get hurt kind of thing like that, mm-hmm. that when they had him in motion across the line, I knew he was getting the ball. You knew he was getting the ball. Rutgers somehow didn't know he was getting the ball and they get it out wide to him and he gets, what was it? 30 some yards 33 yards. Um, he could have he could have broke that for a touchdown. If he cut inside, beat one guy, beat one guy to the inside, he was gone for a touchdown. Uh, because I think there was two guys there, and the one guy was a little bit too far. You know, Donovan Edwards' speed. They weren't catching mm-hmm. him. So that kind of worries me a little bit. I'm hoping that it's just uh feeling things out a little bit still. But again, you know, this is the fourth game of the season. Now we're going into the fifth game of the season. I mean, that that thought process needs to go away. You know, this is this is the mentality that we had. And I'm not going to name players, but that we had previously in the old Michigan culture. of Yeah, I could I could, you know, take that for for to the house for 80 yards or yeah, I'm going to get 30 yards and go out of bounds. There's a big difference there. And I, obviously, I know that this team's goals is a lot bigger than beating Rutgers, but again, you still you still want to get in that mentality. I think it's tough to turn it on and turn it off. Are you looking for a fresh new look this season? Well, our friends at Homefield Apparel have you covered. In case you aren't familiar, Homefield Apparel is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest, and not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear, so you'll have peace of mind knowing what you're buying is legit. The Homefield team studies the history, traditions, and legacy of every school, and with all of that information, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. Homefield has some incredible Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. They've got t-shirts and hoodies and crew necks and they have it all. So you can proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you are. So if you want a piece of the action, head over to homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. So we look ahead to a trip uh, this week to Lincoln, Michigan's first time on the road here this season. And uh, they head in to take on a Cornhuskers team that is two and two. They have won their last two after dropping their first two at Minnesota and at Colorado. They've beaten Northern Illinois 35 to 11. And then last week against Louisiana Tech 28 to 14. Now, the interesting thing is uh, Michigan, you know, if you watch first two games of the year, probably thought you were going to see Jeffrey Sims under center for the Cornhuskers. That will not be the case. Kind of similar to what we saw last week with Wimsat. Uh, you're going to see a guy under center that is pretty much Mr. Do-It-All for the offense, leading the team in passing and rushing in Heinrich Harburg, a sophomore, 6'5", 215 pounds out of Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, he comes in this season, uh, again, leading the way for the Cornhuskers in passing 278 yards and four touchdowns. Also in rushing, 42 carries, 272 yards and two scores on the ground the last two weeks against Northern Illinois, 21 carries, 98 yards and a score. And then last week he was running all over Louisiana Tech, 19 carries, 157 yards and one touchdown. So, Game plan, Tyler, probably going to be pretty similar defensively to to what we saw the Wolverines do against Rutgers. 
Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, just to touch on Jeffrey Sims uh, coming out of those coming coming out as a starter. I mean, that should have happened midway through the Colorado <laughs> game. I think he put yeah. it on the carpet a couple <laughs> times in that game. Did it in the open the Big Ten opener against Minnesota early in the season. So yeah, I mean, he's Jeff Jeff Sims is a turnover machine and not in a good way. So uh, you know what, uh, Heinrich Harburg, you're going to get a guy with a pretty live arm but he's a guy that can run a lot as well kind of a dual threat so I agree with you the defense is certainly going to be similar not to get beat deep but also not to give up that big run um, by the quarterback I feel like over the last couple of years running quarterbacks have given Michigan problems at times um, but I think at, at the end of the day they, they seem to handle it pretty well yeah and you know you, you got to force him into to being a thrower right at the end of the day just like they did against Rutgers got beat once, but I think, you know, with Rod Moore with a game under his belt now uh, it, with the, with the safeties there, Will Johnson back. I mean, it is going to be tough for Nebraska to throw this football and, and Michigan's defensive line is probably going to, to dominate uh, here this game. The, the one other side though, is that Nebraska relatively good defense. They actually come in 28th uh, in, in defensive SP plus. So I'm interested to see what Michigan can do uh, against them because what Nebraska does best is stop the run. They're only allowing just over 46 yards a game uh, on the ground. What is what is Michigan's game plan going to be, though? That's kind of what Rutgers was, right? Uh, but Michigan was able to carry it five yards a carry, 201 yards on the ground last week uh, compared to 214 through the air. So I'm, I'm thinking we probably see more of the, the same balanced attack against a pretty stout Nebraska defense yeah I think I think you'll see some throwing too I think Shadur Sanders kind of shredded their defense in in the game um against Colorado um so yeah I I mean I think they'll they'll come out and try to run the football I think if they can establish that they'll stay with it uh similar to the Washington game a couple years ago if they can't then you'll see the similar game plan to last week where they kind of maybe do some trick plays, maybe not. And, um, you know, kind of get the ball out wide and and try to get the running backs and the receivers, uh, you know, it, with a little bit of stride. Let me ask you uh, one thing, because I've been thinking about it, man. I'm a little, are, are you concerned about the kicking situation? Because I think I am a little bit, um, you know, obviously Jake, Jake Moody was such a weapon. We were spoiled the last two years, man. It was you, if you got to the opponent's 30, it was like an automatic three points, you know, and that is such a luxury to have, uh, especially if you're a play caller, because you could be a little bit aggressive and, you know, try and get those first downs to go score touchdowns. Whereas, you know, Turner, he's, he's missed a couple. I, I think, I, I don't know what the stadium clock was compared to the game clock on, on, on that game Saturday, but that delay a game, according to the, to the play clock on uh, the broadcast was not a delay a game, but ultimately like James Turner, you know, you, you make that first one, it's five yards back, wasn't really, really that deep. It, and even going back to the East Carolina game, the, the ball was coming off on the extra points a, a little bit weird for him. So, I, I mean, I know I know he wasn't going to be Jake Moody coming in, but man, that is that is a luxury that Michigan misses. And every time he, we go out to kick a field goal, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm worried a little bit, but at the same time, I think James Turner has the leg to do it. I think it's just kind of in between the years. Like, can he, you know, hit a big 45-yard field goal, 50-yard field goal? Can he do that? What <laughs> what would be what would be the situation in the Illinois game last year with James Turner, right? How confident are you right there? Yeah. And that and that's 
that's where we've been over the last couple of years. You know, you had the Nebraska game where, you know, oddly yep. enough now that that was a different situation. That was the Saturday night football game under the lights in Lincoln. This will be a little bit of a, a different crowd, but it'll still be a sellout crowd and make no oh, mistake. Yeah. It's going to be loud. So can James Turner make a field goal uh, under pressure in this situation? You would like to think that Michigan won't need that in this kind of game, but just look down the road a little bit. Will you need it at Penn State? Will you need it at right. home against Ohio State? And hell, you know, I know Sparty's going through it right now, but those games are always weird. And you think that you got them beat and you, you're a 25 and a half point favorite in the COVID year or whatever it was. And you lose that game at home and your season's kind of gone to shit. And at that point, obviously the season was a lot different, but you you get the point. You, you're going to need James Turner to make a big field goal at some point in this season. I would say I'm a uh, 10 out of 10 confidence wise, 10 being the confident, most confident, I would say like a six. That's exactly what I would say. I think, I think I'd be a six, but that's, that's, I feel like where most college kickers are, right? Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. I guess the, the, our, you know, and and we knew it wasn't going to be moody, but with the way Michigan plays, like, you know, are we going to have to see them be more aggressive? you know, d- down the line and maybe go for it on more fourth downs in that territory. But you know what? That That's college football. I feel like, you know, you see a lot more of that in college than you do in the NFL. And I think that, you know, when you when you need a yard, fourth and one, Jim Harbaugh's on, on the headset saying we're going for it. You know, we're not we're not kicking a field goal from here. Jake Moody or not, we want seven. We don't want three. And that should be the mentality, by the way. Right. I mean, obviously, you got to be smart sometimes. But the difference in college football versus the NFL is, you know, a lot of the older uh, coaches will value the three points where, uh, you know, a lot of the younger coaches and, and a lot of the college coaches are like, fuck that. We're going we're going for seven. We want seven, man. Or we want six. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, let the extra point fall fall where it may. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say 6.5 and, and that might be being generous, but. I like the leg that James Turner has. I think that if he could be a little bit more consistent, I think us two and and all of um, Michigan uh, nation here would not, would be happy about that. So anyway, sorry. No, yeah, no, you're good. I, I, I I agree with you. Um, It is college football, unfortunately, but it's such, it's such a nice weapon to have, you know, when, when it's not the case. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, I mean, can't complain about four and zero in Michigan. What not allowing more than seven points in any game here this season? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And um, you know, although you know a lot of the things that that Michigan is going to have to do, like you don't want to go out to Lincoln and have a game like you had against Bowling Green uh, and turn the ball over three times and think that you're going to win by whatever the margin was in that game. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't put the ball on the ground and, and think that, Oh my God, we're going to recover it. Cause you know, I mean, weird things happen in situations like this, where a ranked team, the number two team in the country goes into a hostile environment like Lincoln. And all of a sudden you look in the fourth quarter and you have a, you have yourself kind of a game and you know, that's, that's worst case scenario. You don't want that. Um, if you're Michigan. Yeah. And I mean, that was the case a couple of years ago. You alluded to it, man. 
and, yeah, and it can exactly. happen. It can happen in these environments uh, a lot easier than you think. So uh, we, we'll see what happens. I think Michigan's going to be ready to go. And Jim Harbaugh back in the second game. I, I think this team is only going to get better and get healthier as the season progresses here. So sky's the limit. We haven't seen the best Michigan team yet. No, I don't think so either. And just some game notes. Uh, Michigan comes in as a 17 and a half point favorite. I think it's actually switched back to 17 now with the over under being 39. Uh, I believe this is the uh, this is matchup number. What do we what do we got here? Um, we have a big matchup here. So, like I said, Michigan's won the last two, I believe. So actually the last three going back to 2018. So okay. a team that Michigan's kind of handled pretty well, uh, especially under Jim Harbaugh. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here on this week's Feeling Blue. Tyler, where can we find you on social media, man? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Is that what we're calling it still? I'm I'm on. I'm never going to not call it Twitter. I'll tell you that much. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe, rate, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. We do appreciate the support and a lot of great shows to get you through the season on the Block M Podcast Network. For my partner, Tyler Seeley, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Feeling Blue.